guess she said her computer broke at her desk, so yeah. she was moving to another desk. Yeah. From there on, like there, said, oh, no, no. After he was so rude to me. Yeah, I was very rude. <laughs> yeah, he was because he he was so rude. I'm, he was so rude that it got my attention. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. She's a recording artist. He is a record producer. Together, they make wonderful music in the studio and in the bedroom. Ladies and gentlemen, Date Night with the Crafts co-hosts, Justin and Kiara Craft. Justin and Kiera are their names, and this is their revelation. Thank you for having us, Cole. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I, I almost feel like I know you guys, even though I've only talked to you for like five minutes or so. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to treat you all as first-time guests, and as I do with all of the uh, all of first-time guests, I always start with open the way. In opening the way, uh, you guys are based in Houston. Now, I don't know about you, Justin. Kiara, I do know about you. You did not start from Houston. So where were you born? I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we moved here to Houston when I was six. So I've been in Houston since then. So I consider myself to be a Texan. Look, I fully understand that. <laughs> I fully understand that my roots were in New Orleans, but uh, it, I didn't move. I didn't move there until I was six years. I moved there when I was two months. So, oh. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Justin, you? Yeah. Um. Well, uh, <laughs> God, it's kind of confusing story. I was born in Ohio, Columbus. Columbus. Okay. Yeah, but my um my mother uh, quickly moved down here to. Texas. And so I, I was in Austin for many, many, many years, like over 20 years. Yeah. And then I ended up moving to uh, Houston uh, to work on music here in Houston. So and I've been here ever since. Austin. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> now, uh, now I have heard many things when I've visited also Austin, but I've heard many things about Austin. Uh, one of which is uh, there is a uh, how can you say it? A spirit of keeping it weird. So, how true to that saying is it about Austin? Um, that's very true. Actually, my entire upbringing was very, very weird. Uh, my mother, um, who whose uh, boyfriend was in a punk rock band, uh, we were part of the extremely weird community. I mean, we were like at the forefront of that. So <laughs> it was, you know, a mixture of the, of the community. Um, the music, which is rebellious, and just this, the overall style and everything that was going on there. So, yeah, it was definitely part of the culture ingrained into Austin. Mm. Yeah. I can say that because when we go to Austin, 
you know, I'm always dressed and just like, no, we don't do that here. We, we wear sandals and ride bikes and we keep it real. Yeah, real dressed real, down, yeah. just tennis shoes and, yeah. and then uh, shirts. And, you know, Houston's the other way around. You know, you kind of got a dress little posh. Yeah. Down there, it's totally the opposite. You just come as you are, just bring your attitude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, if you ever were to move to Nashville or visit it, I think you'll see a lot of that, a lot of the same vibes that Austin has. And, uh, and that's what I felt when I moved here. I was like, man, this reminds me so of Austin. And it's like, there's some mm. aspects where it's like, it's extremely artistic and, and that vibe is there. And, and of course you have the other vibe too, like with Houston, it's, you know, a little, little buttoned up and, and a little less casual. So yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. Now, uh, in your show, and we're going to get to your show later, uh, Date Night with the Crafts, uh, both of you are, are very open about your upbringing. So, uh, Kiara, could you uh, describe how your upbringing was? Well, when we moved to Houston, we had more of a, a strict uh, upbringing, very much so religious, <clears throat> excuse me, very much so family, very much so controlled. You know, so growing up very controlled, you can see as I became an adult, meeting a guy from Austin who has like that rebellious type of spirit and that rebellious energy and personality attracted me immediately because I had to break free of that to to be me. So, yeah, that so that would be if I had to say the plot for my life, <laughs> that was the the original plot is being so controlled and so kept mm trying to break free and find myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> definitely true. Um, as far as me and my upbringing, mm. I guess I'm next, right? I just kind of came but, in. Yeah, you just it. like boom. Uh, yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Bogart your way in. That's what I'm talking about, Justin. Yes. <laughs> can, we, can we still talk about me? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. You almost... This handle is the J-Craft Show. It is always the J-Craft Show. Can it be the Kiara Craft Show? <laughs> yeah, it can be the Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're getting a mirror into how my life is with my wife. Uh, but So I will, I will digress. <laughs> 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 so how much of Las Vegas do you remember, uh, Kiara? You know, not a lot. I just went back over the weekend to spend... Um, some time with my dad for his birthday. And um, I went alone and I just wanted to just drive around and, and see if I felt the connection. And honestly, I did. Um, but my dad, when he got with me, we just kind of rolled around and kind of like retraced my childhood from um, from what I could remember. Like, this is where such and such stays. And this is where such and such stays. And it's not that I don't go back to Vegas. I've been we go back all the time because my whole family is there. Yeah. But the um, I can't say that I'm connected to it in a way that I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. So that's it's funny that you bring that up because that's where I am now is trying to reconnect to my roots and trying to understand my, my origin story a little bit better. Yeah, that, that's the beautiful thing about trying to fully grasp uh, yourself. Yeah. It, it's funny. Uh, in order to go into the future, you normally have to go back in your past and either patch up, heal up, or make sense of what was in your rearview mirror before you can go forward. And yeah, it's 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 a beautiful journey when you get to that stage. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
All right, Justin. Uh... All right, come on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, with me, um, I was totally the opposite on, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I was raised as a wild child. Um, it was no leashes, no really no control. It was kind of like mom had her way of saying, you know, something. you just find your way, you know, and, and, and you find what's good. And she guided me the best way that she could. Um, you know, my mother was white, so it was, she didn't really know how to raise a black man. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, this was, uh, extremely difficult for her. Um, but she did, and she did, you know, um, absorb the racism for having a black child. So that kind of played into how I kind of came up. But like I said, you know, I wasn't raised with, uh, you know, religious background. I wasn't raised, you know, with anything except just live your life, be a good person, and, you know, things will kind of just work out and just be, you know, and find your happiness. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. I can go more in depth, but that'd be a whole show. <laughs> so that's kind of really trying to keep like, you know, down to like, you know, 60 second thing there. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. Well, you can get a little more in depth because uh, the next question I have to ask for both of you, both of you is, are you the product of two parent homes or product of single parent homes? Oh, okay. Well, I could kind of already go into yeah. that. Uh, definitely a, a product of a single parent home. Um, you know, my dad was, um, wow, this is a whole nother story. Anyway, my dad was a, uh, a preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very religious, kind of extremist type preacher, if you know what I mean. Um, cultish in a way. And um, so he uh, decided to stay up north. And, you know, my mother was like, she didn't really want to, you know, kind of deal with that. So then we came down here. Right. And, you know, and she raised me by herself mm. and, um, and, you know, and it, it's, and it, it was definitely weird stuff, um, <laughs> you know, trying to identify um, also one, you know, trying to understand who you are and trying to live in a society that tell that wants to tell you who you are. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a difficult time, but, you know, I survived. Mm. Um, I think you thrived. Yeah. You I sort, didn't yeah. want to survive. You yeah. I didn't want to survive. I thrived in it. I figured out very early on on how to combat you know the, the racism and how to deal with the hurdles in life because regardless of having a white family you still have the black exactly hurdles. yeah so it doesn't take away and I, I would i want more people to understand that because they think ah oh, well you know you grew up like this group like that but, hey they were just as poor mm-hmm. and it was just a struggle i was down there struggling with everybody else so and everybody knows that they, they grew up with me so you know it's one of those things but yeah it was a good thing i, I learned a lot from it and i'm glad i did yeah He's glad you had the childhood you had. Glad I had the childhood I had. Mm. It was wild. It was wild. I, I gotta say, I had a child like anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you did. Yeah, so. extraordinary childhood. That's awesome. It's awesome that you could find the beauty in the struggle, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiara. Um, for me, I I did early on. I had my my own father, and then my mom. When they they divorced when I was two or three, and then my mom remarried. And actually, that marriage is the reason that we are here in Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I had to get away from that. So we came here to Houston um, for a new start and to, you know, have my mom um, find her way. So I was here about five years and she was married again. So I, I, there are some parts of my life where she was a single mother. And then there are some parts of my life when she was married, you know, my mom married, um, one say three times. So I've had a few stepfathers, but, um, for the most part, my father now, my um, stepfather, Dino, 
was very present in my life. So I did have that, that balance uh, from 13 up mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's been here. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can say that it, I've had a little bit of both sometimes uh, <laughs> too much, too much of the other, you know, mm-hmm. but it's so crazy because now that me and Justin are starting season two and we've been so, um, so transparent and so open, these questions have come up and that's kind of what sent me on my journey to Las Vegas. So talking about this now, it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> to have this conversation now, but for the simple answer, I've had both. I've had both a single mother and I've, I've had a mother and a father um, in the home. And that, that's rare. You rarely ever hear the story of a, a of a person having both of those experiences growing up. So mm-hmm. it is rare. Yeah. The, the funny thing about it, though, is that my older sister and I had that experience, but our younger siblings, they only remember <clears throat> my mom being married. So our lives have been very different from theirs mm-hmm. because we um, we have experienced both and we know the different versions of our mother, whereas we know the single mother and then we know the mother that's married. So it's interesting to, to even see the, um, the differences in my mother from being one and then the other. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we had both. All right. Good, good, good. Recording artist Kiara Kraft and record producer Justin Kraft are joining me on Revelations and both of them have been so gracious to open the way. But if you've heard their show, you know that they always open the way <laughs> for everybody. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to segue into the new segment, or I should say the next one. And we call that Bridge to Prosperity. questions to both of you when did you both know that you wanted to have a career in music mm, i was in second grade yeah same here I, I can as far back as i can remember in elementary school same yeah. yeah i um um one of the biggest things for me was when i used to listen to music when i was young because my mom always played music in the house i would start to listen to certain records and i would go you know I'd arrange this part differently. Mm-hmm. I would add that part differently. I wish that this part of the song would have played a little bit longer because it was like the best part of the song and so forth. So I started doing that. And then I started asking more and more questions about arrangement and production and all that. And then that's when my mom was like, you know, you, you might be into music. You might be into a composer or a producer. You know, you should, you know, kind of chase that a little bit if it's something that you really like. And I mean, Ever since then, I mean, I, I've been doing it. So you had bands rehearsing in your house too. Yeah, your mom yeah, managed bands, yeah. so he had rock bands and punk bands in his house. Yeah, rehearsing, rehearsing all, all throughout the, the week, time. all the time. And, you know, so it was, it was music was just nonstop. Now, nonstop. now, 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 you're speaking my language a bit uh, because uh, <laughs> that's how I was always felt about music. It's it's like I would hear things and say, hmm. 
you know, that that violin should have been out a little longer or that horn <laughs> section should have been a little more pronounced or they should have pulled it back a little bit or right. the singer should have been more yeah. pronounced. And yeah, and I would I would think of those types of of of, of ways when I would hear music and then I would, you know, create it and and it, but it, it never went beyond hobby for me. But uh, of course, you extended it further. And so when I <laughs> yeah. when I when I yeah. studied the both of you, I said, "Okay, I can connect to Justin that way easily." <laughs> right. right. I'm I'm sorry, Carrie. What are you going to say? Nothing. I was going to say that for me, my mom. She um, we were in Vegas, and when I was growing up, my mom was part of a um, a new edition of a, of a group called the Platters. So we saw my mom on TV and on, on stage and from seeing her perform, it became something that I wanted to do. She abandoned it um, later on in life, but it stayed with me. And I can remember being as young as four, um, trying to sing her songs and trying to sing songs off the radio. Mm. And then, you know, that's how it kind of happened for me. And then everybody in my family sings. So at the family gatherings, reunions, we would just all sing and everybody just kind of knows which note to take. And we, you know, becomes very interesting and musical <laughs> at our gatherings. But, it, you know, it's I guess it's just in the both of us. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny. I've, I've been lately uh, watching stuff from the Silvers and I'm, I, I'm hearing a lot of the similar things. As with you, Kiera, it was, you know, you know, for those who don't know, Silver was like a family of 10, but nine of them uh, performed. And whenever you would hear them, they would have these rich, complex harmonies, you know, some, sometimes six parts. And I'm thinking, how in the world can they hear one another and not throw one one of the other five or six parts off? How? And it would sound gorgeous. So yeah, uh, and and they would ex- explain the same way. It's like we would hear part, we fall in, and and off to the races we went. Like, yeah, and if you play piano, you know it's it's kind of easy to understand what the the melody is, what the next note is, what the key is. So we kind of mm-hmm. all grew up around that, and not the younger siblings, just my older sister and I, and like my, my cousins and aunts and uncles. You know, the younger siblings. They I don't know. Well, we have two that can sing, but they didn't get the the whole experience like we did. So when we are around, they kind of fall in where they can, mm. you know, but yeah. And the thing is, I think that family voices blend the best anyway, yeah. because they're so alike. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, that takes the, who had the voice in your family question off the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mom, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, of course, music is very important to the both of you in more than just a, an occupational way. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you two meet? Well, we worked at a, a call center mm-hmm. for a company called Telecheck. Yep. And um, at the time, I was in a group called Coffee. Um, I was working with, um, it was just two of us at the time. We were working with Rap A Lot and some other labels here doing. Um, background vocals and additional vocals on records. And I met Justin at work and I was telling him about that. And he was like, well, I have a studio at my house and I'm a producer. You should come over and make a record. And I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then he had a friend, Chris, that was like, no, he really does. He has really good music. You should come by and listen. And um, 
I came by and I listened to his music and I'm, I was, I've been hooked mm. ever since. I haven't worked in any other producers outside of Justin since. Thank you. you wow. so <laughs> my favorite baby. Mm. Now that is a really yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was a very interesting time. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, working at, at this job because I the label that I was on had ended. Um, so it, it was over with. So I actually had to kind of go back into uh, the workforce at the time. And, um, you know, and, and this so happened that one day, uh, this girl, beautiful girl came and sat by me. Um, I guess she said her computer broke at her desk. So yeah. she was moving to another desk. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, from there on, like there, said, oh, no, no. After he was so rude to me, yeah, I was very rude. Yeah, he was because he <laughs> he was so rude. I'm, he was so rude that it got my attention. Oh no! <laughs> what in the world? You know? Yeah. Well, it's because when she first walked in, she had this whole gang of girls by her, <laughs> and so she was kind of like the whole like little leader of the pack type thing going on. So I knew that I would. I didn't want to like bow down to her because I knew that I would lose her if I bow down to her. So I had to act like I was like. <laughs> A big deal. Right. And well, that's yeah. kind of what I did. So Well, it worked. Yeah, so. <laughs> it worked. I'm like, who, is, who are you to be rude to me? Yeah, man. <laughs> so rude, but he got my attention Mm-mm-mm. and convinced me to come by and listen to some beats, and we've been rocking ever since, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. Note to self, being a <laughs> bad boy actually is yeah. good to be around yeah. one. Okay. It works. <laughs> It works. If it's done right, it works. <laughs> oh my! Oh, good lord! And uh, you all have met. You all have been married. Now, how long have you been married? Uh, twenty-two years. Mm. Yeah, it'll be twenty-three in May. Yeah, twenty-three. In May. Wow. Well, well. Firstly, congratulations because uh, we rarely ever hear marriages go that long these days. So that is a, quite yeah. an accomplishment. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. And and secondly, uh, how did you all maintain being in music between then and now? It's been an it's been a up and down, on and off type yeah. of thing for years. Yeah. Like when we married, Justin continued to work on production. I stopped working on music because um, I wanted, or I felt like I needed to be, and I did. I needed to be present for my family. Right. Um, and then. It took a minute. It took to 2015 yeah. for me to actually record a song with Justin. Mm-hmm. All the time we'd been married from 1997 to 2015. Wow. I hadn't even worked with music. I know. I just I put it up. And uh, we put out my first album in 2015 mm-hmm. and then the second in 2018. Mm-hmm. No, no. 2016 was when we put out the first album. Yeah. 2018, last year, is when we put out the second. Right. We haven't we haven't stopped since 2015. It's been the family business. So mm. yeah. both of us are involved and not just Justin. Justin never stopped. Yeah. I never he never stopped. stopped. Yeah. Never. Mm. So, you know, because one thing about the production side is that you do music. Right. So, but also you can work with artists, but also too, you can work on TV shows. You can work movies, yeah, movies, games, you know, YouTubers. I mean, like I score stuff for like people everywhere all the time. Yeah. So it just, it just never ends. Music well, we did is, last week, we did a, a whole um, telephone intercom uh, yeah. answering service for yeah, the company, Cynthia. So. Yeah. so it's just, there's <laughs> yeah. always something sound is sound. So right. you know, if, you, if you love it and you want to do it, there's, 
a huge, a huge spectrum of what you can do to offer your services in the sound area. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite producers of all time, Quincy Jones, that's exactly what he did. I mean, now we, we all know him, of course, for producing a few Michael Jackson albums, but you know, before that, you know, he scored so many TV shows and movies, it would almost have our eyes crossed. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's totally worth it. And once you go out and, and you start to extend yourself in those areas, you start to grow and you start to stretch and then you realize that, you know, you no longer belong in certain silos, just in music. You can do music with sci-fi stuff. You can do horror movie music. You can do R&B, you can do hip hop, you can do electronic, whatever it is, you know? So it's always a good thing to challenge yourself. Definitely. No question about that. Host of Date Night with the Crafts, Justin and Kara Craft are joining me on Revelations, and well, they've opened the way already. They have walked across that bridge, and now they have come to the next segment that I like to call Behind the Purpose. show later but uh, since we are on the topic of music and you mentioned your albums Kiara yeah. uh, we're going to yes. break that down a little bit as well but in your music what is the message that you both want to convey in it truth um, and it's both albums um, pertain to what I'm going through what I was going through during those times so the first album A Rumor About Love was basically about all of the influx of information and, and um, advice people want to give you when you first find love and what you go through when you first find love for the first time, how it goes from being this overwhelming thing that you just can't put down <clears throat> to starting to find out things about that person that maybe you don't like or starting to find out things that kind of um, <sighs> mark the love in a certain way because you're learning you know, the truth about love and the truth about what being in love with a person really is. So that's what um, a rumor about love was. It's just about all of the the myths and opinions about love that are out there and then dispelling all of those to find out what your real truth is as it relates to love. And then the second album, uh, Breaking Character, is about <clears throat> always having to put on this face, this show that everything is perfect. Once you are married and once you have... Um, solidified your relationship in that way from social media to having conversations with friends and family. You always have to um, put on face and say face so that people will envy you and want what you have. But behind closed doors, you're still trying to figure it out. There's still some moments where you're not happy. There's still a struggle, you know, even being 20 years in sometimes of trying to evolve and grow with one person, you know, and, and maintain that love and connectivity. So it's, it's about both of them really are about dispelling falsehoods and lies and creating a space of truth and a, and a space of um, authenticity and realness so that people can understand what love really is. So I guess if there were a purpose behind that, it would be to, shine light on what love 
really is mm. instead of all of these, you know, people like to refer to the Bible and all these other things about what love will be for them and what it is for them. But that is true sometimes. And sometimes it isn't, yeah. you know, and mm. I don't want people to lose hope and be discouraged because they can't find that perfect thing because the truth about all of it is that love is not perfect. Mm. That's the most <laughs> pertinent truth of them all. Yeah, uh, it definitely is not. Uh, Justin, uh, anything that you would like to add to that one? Um, well, I would say ditto, but um, <laughs> everything you said, yeah. And then, but, but the main thing was, yeah, definitely rumor of love. And my take on it was um, Justin named both albums. Though. Yeah, it, it was the fact that you know I think so, a lot of times people don't identify what love is. Mm-hmm. And I think they actually don't know what love is. And that's not to say from I'm standing up on a, on a pedestal talking down to people. Right. I'm actually talking to people, you know, I love in, in, yeah, on the front, on the front line, you know, it's like, look, you know, this is what love really is. And these rumors you hear about it, um, you know, you need to really think about what you're hearing and what you're taking in. Because I think a lot of times that people meet with, you know, some people don't believe in their, in their soulmates, but a lot of times people meet their soulmates and just walk away right. because they have an idea of what they're looking for. And that's not it. Yeah. Cause a lot of times they can't even see themselves. Yeah. And if you so, can't see yourself, you can't yeah. see yourself with somebody else. Exactly. Cause you know, you, you may, you may identify as a six foot eight <laughs> muscular guy, but you're really five, eight and you're kind of chubby. <laughs> and then the, the woman of your life comes into your life and she kind of looks like something that would probably go for you or whatever in your league or whatever. And then you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm looking for this type of person. She has to be like this. She has to be like this. She has to be like that. And then, you know, that part of your life, that love life that you really, truly wanted is gone because you listen to the rumors. So that's where the whole thing came from. Gotcha. That's where the whole concept came from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was looking at that. I was like, oh, some nice concepts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, and breaking character, again, it's pretty much what Kara said because that was really uh, about her. That was a very personal album. Mm. Uh, you know, about her and, 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 and her identifying herself. And then, you know, of course, just like it says, breaking free, mm-hmm. you know, really truly living her truth and, and, and not be held down by what everybody else thinks. And, and everybody else's expectations. Right. expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I could get many connotations from breaking character and <laughs> I could totally get that. And, and I did when I, when I saw the title and I heard a few songs from the album, I was like, ah, oh, okay. It's not your typical you like love the album? Uh yeah, uh from the standpoint okay. of it's it's not your typical type of it's not your typical type of R&B album. And no, and the themes also even though we hear a lot of the themes that also is a bit different. And and mm-hmm. I appreciate that cuz it is refreshing actually to hear it like that. Thank you. All right, so who are your major influences? Ooh. In music, I would probably say Brandy, um, Maxwell, Beyonce, um, Minnie Ripperton. In life, I'd probably, well, not probably, Oprah Winfrey. Um, Who else in life? Um, you have a lot. Yeah, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, I'm into yeah. the leaders, the, the people that want to mm-hmm. change culture and change perception and offer new paths so that people can see that there's more out there available to them. Right, exactly. I'm into people who can cast that type of light. Mm-hmm. 
Um, as far as mine, yeah, oh man, I have a wide spectrum. <laughs> On the music side, um, as, as far as producers, definitely, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Dre is one of my biggest ones. They got, they got me into uh, music as well as Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, all the old school hip hop heads, you know, all the way going back to, to, to Herc, Cool Herc and all those days. Right. And all the way up to even some of the newer days, uh, you know, from Swiss Beats and uh, Kanye yeah, West yeah. at one point in time. Not the new Kanye, the old Kanye. <laughs> the two, <laughs> I like but, uh, all Kanye's. Wait a minute. And, uh, and, um, and then, you know, even on the other side, Mike Tyson, yeah. uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, they were some of my biggest. Muhammad Ali. Um, they were some of my um, my, my biggest uh, people that I, I looked up to. Um, of course, Barack Obama was another yeah. one. Um, so yeah, I, have, I don't know. I have a huge spectrum of, of people that influence me, yeah. and then that, 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 that have a part that because I, I take pieces from everybody mm-hmm. and kind of build this Frankenstein thing of myself that I like <laughs> to do. And so yeah, so I, that's that's um, it's pretty much how I do it. But yeah, those are the people that, that really got me going throughout my life. So oh, I'm, I failed to mention mm-hmm. Tracy um, Tracy Edmonds. I love Tracy Edmonds. Mm-hmm. I love how I because she from movies to uh, music. She, I'm a, I think too, like one thing that Justin has got me to understand is that I am an artist, but I'm also a producer, yeah. you know, because I like to build and create and take something that doesn't exist and, and make it available to the world to enjoy and see. So I like how Tracy was, has been able to, um, I won't say finesse, uh, because it sounds like she's getting over on people, mm. but how she's been, not when I say with ease and, and with, with grace, she's been able to. Um, tap into so many different industries and create um, things from scratch that didn't exist before. If it's from giving, giving a new artist a chance at music or developing a TV show, I love the way she's moved throughout her career and I followed it closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a name you rarely ever hear unless you're in the industry. And uh, yeah, 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 she's, she, yeah, she's been doing her, doing her thing for decades and yes, still going yes. strong. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys entertain uh, going with a, a major record label in putting forth your projects before you decided to do it independently? Yeah, I mean, because we still come from the old school of you create a, a demo and you shop it, and then you get a deal, and you have this record label come in and they clean you up and they put you out. But at the the era that we're in right now, um because other options were available to us, we explored those options too. And what we found is that it's easier for us to, to navigate our life and our music life and all of that by keeping everything um, in house and keeping it close to the chest. Like Justin would say, yeah, yeah. Unless somebody come in with a big boat of money and they're going to have the same type of vision that we Mm -hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. I'm not going to just sell myself short just to say that I'm aligned with somebody that has a, a brand or a name. Right. Yeah, because a lot of times what happens is they, they sell you on, and it, hey, we can even use that as the rumor of the industry. Yeah, right. Is that they go, hey, you know something? Um, busy is rich. Hanging out with people is rich. Mm-hmm. Um, looking rich is rich. Yes. Owning your own mattress, that's not rich. Owning your own business, ah, that's not rich. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. You sure you want to do that? So, you know, they take your masters, they take your publishing, they let you go off, live your dream, party every night, do a tour, and then you come back and you, you have nothing, you know, and it's just like, wow. So it, regardless of if you struggle or if you can make a little money, 
yeah. it's still better to own your business, own your masters, own your publishing um, in the long run anyway. So it's just. Or to get your brand relevant enough to where people come to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You find yourself going to people nine times out of 10, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. For us, it's been about let's make so much noise to where we have to start fielding off offers. Right. Yeah. When we get to that point, definitely we'll be looking at some offers because it's better to spend other people's money than spending your own. Make money. Yeah. But uh, Justin got his first uh, deal at 17. Yeah, I got my first deal in, in, uh, in high school. Yeah, and so I, he's I'm, been there, bro. Yeah, I never remember sitting there in, in class in my senior year and, and writing and then just waiting to walk out that door. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to go home and work on music because this is going to be done and over with and, and so forth. So it, it was, uh, yeah, I got mine early. And uh, I'm kind of glad I did because mm. I learned a lot at a very early age. So it was good. Well, yeah. In, in the words of uh, Q-Tip and Check the Rhyme, industry rule number 4,080, record company people are shady. <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. Oh, uh, Justin, you were talking about uh, getting a deal of 17. So we, we hear how recording artists get deals. How does a producer get a deal um well the best i think personally the best way to get a deal is you come on with a group or you come on with like a roster yeah. so if you're producing um you know and if you if you want those producer like if you're one of those hybrids where you're like a producer artist mm-hmm. then you you could get on that way too because what will happen is you usually start writing for other people that's the fastest way into the industry right. don't let anybody else tell you anything else writing for other people is the the speed train to get on, you know, that's like, you're talking like getting on in 60 days, 90 days. That's the way to do it. Um, the other way is the long route. That's when, you know, you, you have to bring on an artist, you have to cultivate them. You have to, you know, let them learn the ropes and then they have to kind of get up their brand built and so forth. And you go with that method. But as a producer, yeah, the best way to come on is to either write for other people, produce for other people, or you bring on a roster. So you have two or three artists that are with you that you already like done an EP for you have some singles on and that they're kind of getting in buzz. And then at that point in time, they'll say, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to prepare records for multiple artists. You know, he can write these records. Um, he's, you know, efficient, blah, blah, blah. Then that looks good to them. But then they'll, they'll sign you usually on a publishing deal or they may sign you directly to the label sometimes. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. That, yeah. That would definitely tell a, Tell a record company that you you were about your business for sure. If you do that, exactly, exactly. Especially you know, if you have four or five artists out, they're in different. You know, you have a reggae artist, hip hop, R and B, then you have you know some other stuff going on, and they can see that you know that you you don't exist in one silo, and you can produce other types of albums. Yeah, it's it's always a good look. You know, they always look at that and go, "Wow, this guy can do it." Especially if you're consistent. Consistency is the glue of everything. So be extremely consistent at all times. And things will always work out. Go ahead, boxer. I'm I'm here. I'm I'm here. I'm hearing. I'm hearing that strategy, the bobbing, the weaving, and and striking when you need to strike. I, I hear that. I hear that influence in you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, everything's a fight. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, from the time you're born to the time you die, you fight. Life is a fight. So just be prepared for it. Don't ask for an easy life. Be just asked to be strong so you can take on whatever life. Mm. So, yeah. you know, I've always been, you know, with that mantra. So it's always been one of those things. And you have a background in fighting, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
You've had to teach me that. Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a diplomat. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a politician. So yeah. he's like, yeah, but sometimes you got to fight with your hands and not with your, with your words. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, you know. But, yeah. you know, but it teaches you to, to be tough mm-hmm. and it teaches you not to give up. Yeah, and um, you know that's one of the good things about it. So yeah, well, yeah, that 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 describes scripture perfectly. Uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well, it doesn't doesn't say that a weapon won't be formed against you. Yeah. It also says it also too. You won't be that weapon formed against yourself, <laughs> which happens a lot. Exactly. Like, no yes. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Ain't no weapon formed against me. It's gonna take me out. Like you're the weapon. And you're yes. Slowly taking yourself out. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hosts and entrepreneurs Justin and Kiara Kraft they are this week's guests on Revelations well they have opened the way they have walked across their bridge they have given us the reasons why they do what they do and now we segue into this segment called Bring to Light this show come into existence well um <laughs> there's different stories there's different origins uh one of the i guess one of the biggest ones is, is that we okay so we would always in our studio sessions right we have always the same conversation we're having with you mm-hmm. we would have with people like other artists other people that stop by you know sometimes artists would bring you know you know they have a little click of people they bring through no start before then though what like me and justin we have date nights mm-hmm. mostly on friday nights every friday night for the mm-hmm. most part we have date nights to reconnect to put away the business to put away the kids all of it mm-hmm. so that we can focus only on on each other because um, we found that we were starting to drift. Oh. So we would get a suite downtown and have um, cocktails and movies to watch. And it would just kind of just be our bubble. Mm-hmm. And people would show up. Like we've had mm-hmm. a few friends just show up at the suite and just kick it with us. And we'd have these really in-depth conversations. And the conversations would be about love, relationships, family, business, anything you can think of. And it expanded out of our actual, the confines of our date night Mm -hmm. to our studio sessions, to dinner with people. And people kept asking us, like, why don't y'all do something with this? At first, it was more so of a reality show because we didn't, most of us didn't really understand the concepts of podcasts. We thought it was just radio radio spillage if I'm being honest (laughs) it's like people on the radio that just kind of want to do something that they own you know we kind of looked at podcasts as being that type of a thing Mm -hmm. and then we were offered um one of our publicists that's working on music was like y'all should do a podcast day and she explained it to us yeah did I get everything yeah you got everything yeah because that covered it all but that's what led up to it yeah and you know so we would always and it was just random like it was never like you know, uh, uh, kind of like, you know, fixed or produced, produced or whatever. Yeah. It was just always off the cuff freestyle. 
Uh, just someone would say something about some relationship thing they're having or something about their love life or whatever it is, and we just start talking. Yeah. And then I'd always get like a text back or a message back later and say, hey, you know, thanks for that talk. I never looked at it that way. And, you know, maybe you should maybe you should talk to my friend. And, you know, maybe yeah. and sometimes they'd be like, you want to talk to my wife or you want to talk to my husband? I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm not a therapist, but, you know. I just try to give advice through my experience. Yeah. You know, if I experienced it, I could talk to you about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, makes sense. That's kind of how it was born. Hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay. So mm-hmm. if, if I were to, and I have already, but if, <laughs> but if, if I were to come to your podcast new, what should I expect to listen to? Oh. <laughs> well, our show, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's rowdy. Yeah, it's rowdy. It's, it's rowdy. <laughs> it's rough. It's extremely raw. Yeah. Um, we're gonna ask you some some you know crazy questions. We're gonna push you out of the closet. Um, you know, we always believe that you know the comfort zone is a place where your dreams and things die. So you have to be pushed out of your comfort zone. You know, now don't get me wrong. We're not gonna open up childhood trauma and have you cry on the floor. But you know, but it's definitely it's definitely raw. It's yeah. real. Yeah, we um, like to create a space and a platform where you can just be yourself and be candidly you. Yeah. Um, without judgment, because that's not our our thing you know right. i feel like once you start judging you start losing out on who people really are because like you said they'll go into that closet into that comfort zone yeah and we'll you'll just get the the, the default response and i hate default response mm-hmm. i call it being on auto i don't want an auto response right. but um expect to have some fun expect to talk about love sex uh food whatever you know we mm-hmm. want to talk about what's important to them and um <laughs> Like you said before, you were finding a, um, some ground where you and Justin could relate. We always want to find a space where we can relate so that, you know, because we are all connected in some way. We all, even though our experiences are different, some of them are shared and we can always find an area where we can, we can connect based on our experiences. Mm-hmm. So we try to start there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like with you, Kara, the connection I have with you is, well, you weren't born in Houston just like me, but I consider myself a Houstonian just like you consider yourself a Houstonian as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 100% on that one. One of the things I think I've heard this uh, said by you, Kiara, uh, one of the things you say that ties people to have uh, long lasting relationships like you two have, like what my parents have and like what my wife and I have is that you said that we tie it to our demons. Now, explain to me. Mm-hmm. what that means. I think that people, a lot of the times we think that it's the good thing. So we like to go and uh, donate our time and give it to, you know, people who are less fortunate and we go to church together and we, we, but I don't, those are the things that you do. Yes. In practice. Yes. That probably, um, so into the relationship, but the things that keep you connected are the traumas, the demons, mm-hmm. um, like me and Justin both have abandonment issues. Those abandonment issues link us because we know what it feels like to be abandoned. Um, we both know what it feels like to um, to suffer as children. You know, we both know what it feels like to have abusive men in our mother's lives. Those are things that have sealed us because there is a connection there with people who have shared traumas. And those shared traumas, there's like... Um, a certain level of acceptance. Um, there's a certain level of knowing between you. There's a certain level of, of connection because he knows, um, he knows where my darkness lies. Mm-hmm. 
and I can be myself in front of him without feeling like my darkness is going to drive him away or that his will drive me away because I've seen it. I own it because it's part of me too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it drives a deeper connection when that happens. Definitely. Yeah it, does. yeah, it does. Because he knows that he can show me the ugliest parts of himself and I won't run because I identify with them. And I can say that that's one of the diff- most difficult parts about men that I know uh, is the fact that we feel as though we are in places where we can't be vulnerable, even around the women we choose and love because we're conditioned and have been conditioned to not be vulnerable. What are you doing? What are you doing crying? Boys don't cry. Uh, Don't, 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 don't don't say that weak stuff around me. So you get, you get toughened up. Now, now I'm not saying that a man should not be a little bit of that is definitely necessary. Otherwise, we it wouldn't is. be a man. But mm-hmm. vulnerability is what ties a man to a woman. It is. Yeah. And he has to be able to feel like he can be vulnerable without shame, um, without judgment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, a lot of the times, too, that goes into um, a woman feeling safe enough to allow that space, to create that space for him without feeling like his vulnerability will one day be you not being protected or you not having the support that you need because you, you have uh, taken on societal's um, misinformation about what it means to be a man and what a man should and should not do. So that's what I was saying about that earlier is about dispelling falsehoods and myths Mm -hmm. because men come in all shapes, sizes, colors, uh, mental aptitudes, Mm -hmm. And neither of those things um, being different will uh, stop him from being a man. Right. Um, he's going to be a man because that's who he was born to be. Right. Good or bad, mm-hmm. that's something else, but a man nonetheless. Right. No question. But know that Kira likes bad boys, so know that. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> Not to say all that, don't come to me with that weed. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my. All right. So what has been, and this is for the both of you, the hardest thing that you've shared on the mic? Ooh, I think it was when we talked about infidelity. Yeah. And what it means to us to to be um, unfaithful and cheating. Yeah. That was that was hard because we shared personal our personal experience because I. I'm gonna let you talk, babe. I know it's becoming. I'm, I'm not trying to make this the Kira craft show. No, you're good. Okay, you're good. okay. You're great. <laughs> but you know that's hard for people because you people put up these these walls. They put up these rules. If this happens, I'm gone. If that happens, I'm gone. So you're creating all of these reasons to leave. And one thing that Justin and I have never done, at least we haven't done um, intentionally, is create reasons not to be together. Mm. So it's like. If this happens, we'll find a path. We'll figure it out, you know, because we know being human, especially being married so young, that we would encounter some uncomfortable situations that would probably challenge us to stay together or not, infidelity being one of them. Um, But that was the hardest for me because I could see the pain in his face talking to him about it and, you know, still understanding, too, that a lot of those wounds will probably always exist. So there's pain that I've created that I'll have to always um, see and deal with. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, like I said, it was difficult. Same thing, same topic. Um, you know, because a lot of times you um, you have to realize that you know you do stuff too. Mm-hmm. So you can't be you know kind of like, oh man, I'm a victim. I know for a fact I'm not a victim. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that I caused a lot of storms. I intentionally did it. Um, there's times when, you know, when you just, you're coping and, you know, you don't try to hurt anybody, but, you know, you figure out things that you just want to do just to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And, you know, you go out and you do it and then you're like, oh man, that was stupid. Yeah. You know? I think people are really just trying to survive though. Yeah, like we are. all are doing things to, to keep living. Yeah. Yeah. So. To keep living. And, and then sometimes, you know, people, they take it very personal as if you really were aiming at them when you went and did something or you tried something or you brought something up or, you know, whatever. And it's ne- usually it's never like that. It's not that. personal. Yeah, it's not yeah. personal at all, you know. And, and those are the things we always try to tell people because, you know, if, if you could survive that, you could survive anything. Yeah. And you're right. Um <laughs> Yeah, infidelity is one of the hardest things to overcome. But if you can, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna be honest, not for me. Being bro- broke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well. That will tell you apart more than anything else. That, yeah. That's why I said one of the hardest. <laughs> no, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> broke, top to list. Oh. That's why I said one of the. Yes. I'm like, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I figured that would be the hardest right there. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Uh, what's next for you? Uh, is it another album? Is it more date night with the crafts <laughs> or is it other ventures? Yeah. What's next for the craft family? Well, we have a lot. We have a lot in store. Um, we are right now working on being the executive producers of a soundtrack for a movie that's being filmed here in Houston in a few months. Um, we are now about to start season two of date night with the crafts, mm-hmm. which starts November 7th. Seven o'clock, y'all. Um, make sure y'all tune in. All, all the episodes, for the most part, are going to be live this season too. So yeah. that's that's good. We have a um a launch party also Friday the eighth at Ronan Art House. We want y'all to stop by, have a drink with us, celebrate with us. Y'all have no idea how much getting to a season two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> means for us. Not that we don't stick with stuff, but it's like for us to have carved this out this 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 time when we have none to do this and to, you know, to enjoy it and actually do it well means the world to us. So mm. we're celebrating getting to two. I know, you know, mm. early on, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate every win around here. Mm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And, and then we have other artists. Justin's producing. Yeah, we have other artists we're producing. We're producing a whole roster of different artists that we come out. You've seen the singles soon. And uh, so, yeah, we're just really pushing Everything. Everything that we can push and, uh, you know, just like I said, enjoying our time and, and making some things happen. Oh, my goodness. I hate to say what I'm about to say now. We have come to the end of this wonderful conversation I've had with these beautiful people on Revelations. Uh, but before they go, before I let you go, uh, we go into the last segment. I call it Plug Tuning. Oh. And yes, it's in honor of De La Soul. And basically what it is, is you get the chance to plug whatever you want. Plug, plug, and plug away. So where can the good people find the both of you? Okay. We're at uh, 
date night, D-A-T-E-N-I-G-H-T with the crafts. That's C-R-A-F like Frank, T like Tom, S. That's everywhere except Twitter. Um, on Twitter, it's craft date night. And um, I think it's everywhere. YouTube, that's everywhere. YouTube, yeah, YouTube Facebook, yeah. IG, yeah. Um, SoundCloud, Apple. iTunes, Apple yeah. Music, yeah. Uh, Spotify, everywhere that there's a platform for podcasts, we exist. So check us out. We have season one all loaded up. So if you haven't checked out season one, binge it, listen to all of them. That way when season two comes out that later this week, you'll be ready for it. Mm. No. All right. Well, yeah, you heard it from them. Uh, November <laughs> 7th now on the East Coast, that's 8 p.m. Uh, they, they're Houston, so that's Central. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. since I'm in Nashville, Central for me too. So yes, 8 Eastern, uh, 5 Pacific, 7 Central, November 7th. The premiere of <laughs> Date Night of the Crafts, season two. Yes. Yes. Podcast hosts, entrepreneurs, recording artists, producers, record label owners. Uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's pretty much it for what we can say for right now. That's what I thought. <laughs> Justin and Kiera Craft, uh, it, it was a pleasure to actually meet you guys and talk with you. And hopefully, this is the first of the many conversations we'll have in the future. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Yeah, we had a good time here. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for having us. Oh, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. The ties that bind. When, when you're with a human being and you make the commitment to be with them for life, you do a lot of things that you probably wouldn't see yourself doing when you're younger. But if you are committed to loving that person, no matter what, then the tie is worth it. In today's times when we are dealing with having transitory relationships It's a welcomed addition to see two people committed to one another and bonded to stay in love with each other. The word says, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And they've dealt with some trials and tribulations that would make any couple separate. But in battling for love and waking up and choosing to love one another each and every single day, both of their lives are enriched because they know and they love each other. Many thanks to Justin and Kiera and definitely catch them on their season two premiere, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Date Night with the Crafts on YouTube. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelation. For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P I P P A, dot I O, and all podcast directories. 
Music by Lakey Inspired.